Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Welcome to episode 21 of the Toward Light podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about setting intentions, how we do that, why we do that, and how we stick to them. This is coming up for me because I just celebrated a birthday and for the last 10 to 12 years, I have been setting intentions on my birthday, which I then often refine at the new year. For the last few years, I've kept it really simple and picked three words that I'm trying to embody or three phrases and work to really get clear about those intentions and why I I need them and then how I can enact them in the world. So why do I talk about setting an intention? Why don't I talk about setting a goal or making a resolution? The second factor on the Noble Eightfold Path is wise intention. And what the Buddha is pointing to here is that behind every action, there is an intentional aspect to the mind. So before we do anything, there's something that happens in the mind that then leads to that action. When I'm setting an intention, my goal is to seed my mind or plant in my mind what I want to manifest in my actions, in my interactions in the world. I'm training my mind toward a specific idea or heart quality. So many of our intentions are unconscious, so so many of our actions, if we track them back, if I track certain actions back, I can say, oh, that's because of that patterning in my mind that tells me I'm not enough, or that patterning in my mind that tells me I'm going to be abandoned, or whatever my habitual pattern is that ends up coloring my intention. That's why it's so important to deliberately place attention on our intention so that we become more cognizant of what we're doing in every moment. So we become more cognizant of how we're shaping our actions. So we become more cognizant about our areas for growth. The path factor of wise intention has three aspects, non-harming, renunciation, and goodwill. So when our intentions are aligned in this way, it allows us to take actions that are ethical, generous, and kind. I'm going to explore each aspect to help show how we can set clear intentions. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, I don't have time to set intentions or that's not what I'm into or I'm already doing too much... Just like I say with pretty much every episode, but let this wash over you and notice what you leave with. Notice what sticks with you or what impacts you. Often when we set an intention, we're doing that because we want something to change or we notice that there's a pattern of harm, either internal or external in our lives. When we're moved to set an intention, the questions we can ask ourselves are, what is the harm that is leading to the desire for a new behavior? Is it harm to self? Is it harm to others? Is it a behavior that can be safe and healthy in some scenarios, but not others? Or is it about the amount of time I spend in this behavior? Getting really curious and interested in what is motivating me. It was important for me this year on my birthday to 
ask the question, okay, are you doing this just because you always set intentions on your birthday? Or is there something moving you to set intentions to place your focus on certain aspects of life? And I was able to see that, yes, like there's some harm that I am causing in my life for others' lives, and I want to reduce that. And so there are some intentions I can set to try and modify my behavior and hopefully be of more benefit and cause less harm. One year, I set an intention to create space. I saw that when I packed my schedule too full or interacted with too many people in a day, I ended up depleted and overwhelmed. So I had to get really clear about what activities ended up causing harm to me or to others. And so it took discernment and trial and error to get clear about what does making space, what does creating space really look like? What things do I have to take off my schedule? What things do I need to reduce the frequency of? What relationships energize me? What relationships deplete me? I had to get really interested in what space meant to me and why creating space felt so important. And I needed to see that I was causing harm to myself and others and that I wanted to reduce that. When we're talking about non-harming, sometimes we have a pattern of behavior that is very pervasive and it could be a collection of behaviors say, an eating disorder. And if that's the case, it may be difficult to address it as one big thing. It might be important to look at the different aspects that make up the eating disorder and notice which of those behaviors could be changed first or which feel the most harmful and maybe need to be let go of first. And then you can slowly reduce all of them over time. And that's the same with creating space, right? Like it's not something that happened right away. I needed to get clear about, okay, these are the behaviors that get in the way of me feeling spacious and free. And then what of these can I let go of? And some of them are still behaviors I struggle with. When we set an intention, there's a desire to move in a direction, but there's not a finish line necessarily. And so that's important to remember and to be with. And that may or may not look like what we thought it was going to look like. Renunciation. So I talked a lot about letting go on last week's episode. It's a pretty big topic for me. I come back to it again and again. And when we're making an intention to cultivate something, letting go can seem counterintuitive. Like if I'm wanting to make something happen, if I'm wanting to create space, well, what do I have to let go of? The important part of the renunciation step is that we look closely and we see what we're holding on to that's in the way of what we're trying to create. We see the flip side of what we're intending to cultivate and we see how we can let that go. So in order for me to create space, I needed to let go of being busy. But it wasn't just busy in terms of what I put in my schedule, but there was a mental quality growing up in a capitalist country and the way that our society works. There is a real key movement in my mind toward productivity. A good day is a productive day. And so to truly create space, I needed to renounce these habitual patterns. I needed to let go of this pattern of productivity, these shoulds. And instead, I needed to surrender and see if I could open some space. 
So it had to happen mentally and it had to happen, you know, with my actual calendar. And again, letting go, it's a long, long time process. And I might let go of it in one moment and then cling back on to that productivity mindset in the next. So figuring out how to come back again and again to the intention of wanting to create space. Going back to the example of an eating disorder, there can be a holding on to control that needs to be let go of. Maybe letting go of old stories about the body or old body images. Some people I've worked with with eating disorders are holding on to an idea of what their body looked like in a different moment in their life, and they can't clearly see how it looks now. And so there's this renunciation that has to happen of these stories and these patterns, again, are pervasive and habitual and keep repeating. And so there's a real movement toward seeing, noticing, not acting on, not believing, letting go. The third aspect of wise intention is goodwill. So making sure that whatever intention we set is rooted in kindness. We're not only reducing harm, but we're also trying to add to the world. When I have an experience, when I do something out of obligation versus when I do something because I'm moved by my heart to do it, if I can feel the latter, that, that's the feeling I'm looking for. So it's not that it's like, oh, I'm so happy to be doing this thing. It's not a fake sort of happiness. It's this real movement of the inner innate goodness in our hearts. It says, oh, this would be a benefit. When I set the intention to create space, I knew that less stress in my schedule would lead to more capacity for kindness toward myself and others. I set the intention out of kindness for myself, seeing the harm I was causing and seeing that things weren't working. And it doesn't mean, again, that I'm all like sunshine and rainbows, but it means that I am able to have kinder actions because I am rooting everything that I do through a lens of kindness to the best of my ability in each moment. With the eating disorder example, there's a big desire if their intention is to change that pattern of behavior, that pattern of disordered eating. There is such a kindness in wanting to care for the body. So that's a very natural way that goodwill is sort of threaded into that intention. Okay, so we picked a behavior that's causing harm in our life, and we want to cultivate the opposite. So we set an intention that is non-harming, that has some aspect of letting go, and is rooted in goodwill. How do we stick with it? How do we keep coming back to it? This is a moment where I'm asking this question to myself because my intentions for the last year, it's not that I forgot about them, but I I wasn't embodying them in the way I was hoping to. It's important to ask, were they too broad? Was there not enough clarity about what I was really hoping for or looking toward? How do I remind myself? If I keep them by my bed or if I have a vision board or what are ways that I can check back in. I already have a morning routine of chanting the refuges and precepts. And so could I maybe 
when I'm doing that, just read these to myself every day, these new ones that I'm creating for this year? Would that be a way to help keep them alive? Noticing the opposite, which I've talked about a lot, is really key. So when I had the intention to create space, and then I'd have a very busy day or week, I would really notice that because I knew that I was looking to create space. And so I would notice the fact that I was not doing that, that I was actually causing harm to myself and not letting go. And sometimes seeing that would then help me to sort of cycle back out of that and try again or reorient toward my intention. Having community, having support. One of the reasons I feel like that intention in particular, the creating space intention, along with the two other intentions I had that year, I think one of the reasons that they lived so deeply in my body is because I did an exercise in a dance class with a partner. And so I shared this with this person and then that entire year kept bumping back into them and seeing them and even seeing their face would remind me of those intentions. We each will find our own way. For me, I like to have three words or three phrases because that feels like enough for me and to do it for the year. But some people choose to say, okay, for this month, I'm going to focus on the intention of fill in the blank. And there's no right way to do it. What's important to remember about intentions are that they are rooted in non-harming, renunciation, and goodwill, that they are the ground underneath our actions, and that they are not tied to a specific outcome. They are a movement of the heart, but they are not a finish line. And the more of our attention that we can turn toward these intentions, the more that we can cultivate actions that are ethical, generous, and kind. And that is so essential in this world right now. It's so essential always. So notice where there is harm in your life that you're participating in. And notice if you have a willingness to try and turn your heart, mind, behavior in a different direction. In the show notes, I link to a blog post that I posted at the end of last year around this topic. So feel free to read that if you feel like you need a reminder about how to set intention. I really appreciate you all. May our hearts and minds lead us to our inner goodness. May we cultivate intentions that are non-harming, liberated, and kind, so that all beings may be at ease. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108, and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.